0: Back in college, I determined I would get through without any financial aid and without any student loans, that I would leave with my degree and have everything paid for and not one cent of debt. I did, too. I got my degree within four years, I had amassed almost $70,000 in savings, owned my own home, and I had a steady and well-paying job at a stock brokerage firm. Life was good. It stopped being good when all of the owners of the firm went to prison for insider trading. And even though I had never done anything like it, but the owners had posted some of the fraudulent transactions in my clients' accounts, I had to spend every cent of my savings and more on lawyers, and I had to sell my house just to pay fines to the Security Exchange Commission to avoid ending up in prison myself. I was 25 years old, and everything I had worked for was gone. I had just enough for rent and a security deposit on a tiny apartment. You can imagine that I was devastated. It wasn't the material things, really. They were nice enough, but I had arranged my life around responsible stewardship, and I was suddenly left with no job, no savings, and a resume that listed my sole experience at a firm that was all over the newspapers for the crime. On the day I moved into my new apartment, I was desolate. But my friend, my best friend, Martha, came by with a bottle of wine to cheer me up. Martha was beautiful, and we had been inseparable in college. She was always a great friend, whether I needed advice, laughter, or someone to cry with. That day, I wanted someone to cry with, but I needed advice, and she'd brought along a newspaper so that we could scour the want ads. We looked through them for about an hour. All of the jobs I wanted required a license I'd lost because of my asshole employers. The rest of them were jobs for people with nothing near the experience level I had, I told Martha through a rain of tears that even if anyone offered me a job, I still wouldn't make what I had made at my previous job, and the damn securities firm fiasco would haunt me forever. I didn't know what I was going to do. Martha watched me cry for a while, holding me tight and stroking my hair. Finally, she let go of me and said to stand up. I did. She told me to turn around. I asked why, but she said, just do it. I turned around, wondering what the hell I was doing, and she finally stopped me, told me to sit down, and poured us each another glass of wine. Stacy, do you want to know why I never worry about money? I always knew Martha never had any money trouble. I didn't know why, but while we drank our wine, Martha told me her secret. Listen, Stacy. I've been working for myself since my second month in college. I don't worry about money because I make a whole lot more than you've ever made. I was shocked. I guess I thought she had a rich family or something. What do you do? She took a deep breath. I'm a prostitute. My eyes opened wide. You're a hooker? Well, I fuck people for money, but I'm more of a call girl than a hooker. I have clients that pay for high-class service. They pay me a lot to be with them. I don't get it. Why isn't that a hooker? I'll tell you the difference. On a street corner, a hooker makes 25 bucks to suck a cock. A call girl can pull in 150 for the same thing. I looked at her in shock. How do you make a week oh about five thousand a week or almost ten thousand in a good week the most i ever made in a week was thirty thousand but that's because i spent the whole week in paris with a client you give that many blowjobs martha laughed at me <laughs> that was just an example hun most of my clients with tips give me about five hundred dollars and at least half the time I'm only giving a hand job. I sleep with some and I blow some. Everything has a price. I was thunderstruck. I looked at my friend and shook my head.